Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus and our Father, please make us instruments by which your will is done on this earth. Consecrate us to your service, dear Lord, and help us, Lord, that the words we will be listening to in our devotion shall be words that will bless us to help us to indeed fulfill the will of God on this earth. Grant us of your spirit, dear Lord, for spiritual things are spiritually discerned. I pray, Father, that you shall touch the hearts of everyone listening and mine also, that we shall be influenced with these words of life. May your words be spirit and life to us. May the entrance of your word give us light and understanding. I have no words of mine own to say that will help anyone. I cannot be the person who will do that. Therefore, Lord, I consecrate myself to you and pray. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord, for the sake of the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, for the sake that you want your children to be converted. Use me, Lord, and help that the words spoken will bless everyone who would listen. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 10 How can I do it? How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Genesis chapter 39 verse 9 It is always a critical period in a young man's life when he is separated from home influences and wise counsels and enters upon new scenes and trying tests. But if he does not of his own accord place himself in these positions of danger and remove himself from parental restraint, if without will or choice of his own he is placed in dangerous positions and relies upon God for strength, cherishing the love of God in his heart, he will be kept from yielding to temptation by the power of God who placed him in that trying position. God will protect him from being corrupted by the fierce temptation. God was with Joseph in his new home. He was in the path of duty, suffering wrong but not doing wrong. He therefore had the love and protection of God, for he carried his religious principle into everything he undertook. Joseph's faith and integrity were to be tested by fiery trials. His master's wife endeavored to entice the young man to transgress the law of God. Heretofore, he had remained untainted by the corruption teeming in that hidden land. But this temptation, so sudden, so strong, so seductive, how should it be met? Joseph knew well what would be the consequence of resistance. On the one hand were concealment, favor, and rewards. On the other, disgrace, imprisonment, perhaps death. His whole future life depended upon the decision of the moment. Would principle triumph? Would Joseph still be true to God? With inexpressible anxiety, angels looked upon the scene. Joseph's answer reveals the power of religious principle. He would not betray the confidence of his master on earth, and whatever the consequences, he would be true to his master in heaven. Under the inspecting eye of God and holy angels, many take liberties of which they would not be guilty in the presence of their fellow men, but Joseph's first thought was of God. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God, he said. If we were to cherish an habitual impression that God sees and hears all that we do and say and keeps a faithful record of our words and actions and that we must meet it all, we would fear to sin. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is How Can I Do It? And our key text is that famous statement of Joseph in Genesis 39 verse 9 where he said, How then can I do this great wickedness 
and sin against God. This topic is a hot potato for every human being, especially as children are entering into their teenage years and also into the youth and then it flows on till adulthood until we die. The seventh commandment says thou shalt not commit adultery and this commandment is a principle that guides many actions that we take various ways this can be interpreted the commandments of God is exceeding broad what is adultery it condemns everything that has to do with the uh, sexual intercourse there is a law that God has given to guide us in matters like this sex is reserved for marriage and not just sex but even the thought of it Jesus said if any man looks at a woman to lust after her in his heart, he has committed adultery with her. He has already committed adultery, he is guilty. You see, that's why we say this commandment is exceeding broad. And every other thing that is done, that is to be reserved for those who are married, when it is done outside marriage, it becomes a sin. But if it is done within the confines of the holy matrimony, it is not a sin. It is this topic, this at this matter that was brought to test Joseph. When we look at the life of Joseph and compare it to the life of people like David and Samson and Solomon, wise as they were, strong as they were, spiritual as they were, they fell on this matter. And there are not many who stand their ground on this matter when met with such powerful temptations. Temptations so powerful, so sudden like we read, so seductive. Many fall of the various genders, both male and female of different classes, whether children, adults, teenagers, youths and young men and women. Many are falling and many fall and many are in bad habits because of this matter. It is a hot potato, like I said, and on account of this sin, many will not make it to the kingdom of God. Also, many other sins, but this is one that appeals to the flesh very easily. How did Joseph handle it? As we read in our devotion, it is inevitable that God's people will sometimes of necessity come in contact with the ungodly in our schools, in work, the business alike, all uh, in these places we are, there are various ways that God's people come in contact with them. You see, for the sake of survival, Abraham had to go to Egypt. In Genesis 12 verse 10 we read, And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. So. Abraham did not needlessly go to Egypt. It was necessary. Because of the famine, he went there and the Lord actually led him there. Because we read in Genesis 12 verse 15, there he was faced with temptation, but God protected his own. It says the princes also of Pharaoh saw her, that's Sarah, Abraham's wife, and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abraham well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen, and he asses, and men servants, and maid servants, and she asses, and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abraham's wife. What do we learn from here? Abraham did not needlessly go to Egypt, and he had the Lord's protection because there was a course that led him there. And also, Abraham did not stay in Egypt when he was true with what he went there to do. God blessed him. Genesis 13 from verse 1 to 3 says, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. So it is just buttressing the point in the first paragraph of our devotion for today saying that when we, through the circumstances of life, have to go to areas where temptations are great, we can be assured of the Lord's protection and not just his protection but also his blessings. We see here that God blessed Abraham and he came back from Egypt rich in cattle and in silver and in gold. And the lesson we see from here for us, do not needlessly place yourself in temptation. Had Abraham gone there like Lot, unprovoked and for selfish reasons, he would not be assured of God's protection. 
Now, coming to the story of Joseph. Joseph in Egypt was exposed to temptations like we read yesterday of no small magnitude. He didn't go there unprovoked. He was sold there. He was not rejoicing and giving testimony that the Lord gave him visa to America or gave him visa to any other Western nation because he wanted to go and enjoy himself. It was circumstances that led him there. And we also can be led by circumstances. I'm not saying that we need to be sold as slaves before we go to the West. No. But if we are going there, like in the case of Abraham, he knows why he left. He knows why he went there. It was because of the famine in the land. And for many, we may not have something to do where we are and we need to go to the nations in the West, maybe so that we can make ends meet. Nothing wrong with that. But like Abraham, you should consider how long am I sojourning there? How long am I remaining in an environment where there is always temptation? And that doesn't mean that in the West, there are not places that are country sides where you can even stay it doesn't mean you must come back to your hometown in africa or the asia or any other place where you as a pilgrim you don't have a hometown to start with so everywhere in the world you can go to there's nothing wrong with it everywhere in the world there are cities where the western and liberal mindset that negates the law of god is rife temptations are everywhere but we must be careful to place ourselves in areas where we will not be constantly exposed and not only that the motive also motive why am i going there lot's motive was money making selfishness abraham's motive was not that it was just to survive and when he was done he went to an area where he can continue his business still but he was not exposed to the egyptian negativities and evil you see as we saw in conflict and courage page 75 paragraph 2 it says it is always a critical period in a young man's life when he is separated from home influences and wise counsels and enters upon new scenes and trying tests i'm reminded of children who are taken to the boarding house at a very young age personally i do not encourage that they're too young for that and you have no idea parents have no idea the kind of experiences their children pass through when they are there there are many I'm not saying all boarding houses, but many of them where the children go there and are exposed to temptations of no small magnitude and many are corrupted while they are there. If the parents are not taking them there unprovoked, like we read here, if he does not of his own accord place himself in these positions of danger and remove himself from parental restraint, if without will or choice of his own, he is placed in dangerous positions and relies upon God for strength, cherishing the love of God in his heart. He will be kept from yielding to temptation by the power of God who placed him in that trying position. God will protect him from being corrupted by the fierce temptation. God was with Joseph in his new home. He was in the path of duty, suffering wrong but not doing wrong. End of quote. And not just children or young people placing themselves. Sometimes parents are the ones placing their children in such, such places. And many parents wonder, what is happening to my child? Why did you place them there? If your reason for placing them there were selfish, the Lord is not going to assure you of any protection for your child. But if we, unprovoked, we find that our children have to be placed in areas where there are temptations, or if we, our own, as adults or youths, have to go to places unprovoked, wow, then you can't be assured of the Lord's protection. But if it is something that is necessary, is of necessity then you can be assured of the lord's protection reading the story of joseph now from genesis 39 reading from verse 7 it says and it came to pass after these things and the things being referred to here is you know joseph was already made the head of potiphar's household and he was prosperous and the lord blessed potiphar because of joseph it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon joseph and she said lie with me woe to you when a woman has cast her eyes upon you it's not a good experience at all but he refused and said unto his master's wife behold my master wotteth not what is with me in the house and he hath committed all that he had to my hand there is none greater in the house than i neither had he kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife how then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god and it came to pass as she spake to joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her and it came to pass about this time that joseph went into the house to do his business 
and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he had brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garments with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. The major part of this story is Joseph's ability to resist the temptation. We'll talk about the consequences later on. But what we need to be looking at now is how to resist the temptation of adultery. Joseph had proposed in his heart to be true to God, to the God of his fathers in all matters, and this included the seventh commandment. He was tempted on the point of adultery and fornication, but he would not budge. On this point where Joseph was faithful, many others failed. His brother Reuben had failed. And Judah, we already read his story yesterday, he also had failed. In Egypt, Joseph was tempted by a seductress, but did not yield, because above all things, what was most important to him was his relationship to God. In our own lives, we are in the world as it were, and the world is Egypt. And we, like Joseph, will always be tempted on this point of adultery. Teeming all around us are suggestions that is calling the mind and heart to participate in this scene of adultery. There are billboards all around, the programs on the TV, the cartoons that children watch, the cartoons that children watch, the books that I read, even in the schools, all over, they are luring us to adultery. The way people dress all around, everywhere we are saturated with it. And as if that's not enough, then people want to practice it. You can be on your own and just like Joseph, someone like his doctress will come to meet you, lie with me. They wouldn't say lie with me. Today is a very fine way. They say, oh, I, I love you. I want to be in a relationship, so-called. But that relationship is all about, at the end of the day, ending up in sexual intercourse. They themselves, people who enter into it, don't even know what they are about. They think they love each other, but eventually, Satan is leading them on. And the end of it is sexual intercourse, to the pleasure, that's what it's about. And then there are relationships and breakups and more relationships and breakups. Ah, many people you can ask today, how many relationships have you been in? And there will be many who will tell you, oh, I've been in 10. And many of them involved sex. Some did not, but also involved things that will not be sex, but also are a violation of the seventh commandment. This is a serious issue for us. Applying itself in various ways in our lives, like I've just said, one of it is what we call today relationships boyfriend girlfriend that's part of it and then there's the lure girls have boys chasing after them boys have girls coming after them and we have to learn to be like joseph to respond to these things another way is just people who have sex partners just for pleasure or not even just sex partners there are hallowed houses all around people can go in there and then get the pleasure another way is uh, in the offices a very common one where the boss is requiring from the employee or his subject sexual intercourse it's a common thing that happens office sex maybe you may think oh i don't have a caring husband or my wife is not as attractive as the women i'm seeing in the offices and you're lured thinking i'm getting more attention from this man in the office or this lady in the office is she's, she's more attractive she even gives me more attention than my wife and you are tempted to feel that you want to 
uh, get into emotional adultery or, or the one that is even physical like as a sexual intercourse and you do things that should be reserved between you and your wife or even as a single person in the office and then you are tempted with these things in the office it's still the same thing and then when you go to the school so not just universities now even the secondary schools there's what we call today sex for grades ah it's a common thing when lecturers and teachers are threatening ladies it happens to ladies most mostly perhaps 90 plus percent of the time that men would threaten the ladies and say unless you lie with me just like it was for joseph lie with me or i'll fail you lie with me or you get into trouble it was the same thing for joseph ladies you have something to learn other ways it applies is in auditions people want jobs and for the auditions they are told lie with me in hollywood which is not a good job in the first place lie with me or you go to the government parastate house or even private companies anywhere at all people will put it there lie with me like it was told to joseph lie with me and then you get the job lie with me it's all around us dating sites sex websites prostitution seduction and flirting all around us you see it even on the internet it is calling you as you are going in the internet and the pops up uh there pops up a, a suggestion there even when you are just going on a normal website and to the, you look to the right or just in the middle of the news you are reading and then it comes up it doesn't tell you directly but it is just telling you suggesting to you lie with me giving you a suggestion to go to a pornographic website to see something that is not good imagine something that's not good do things that are a violation of the seventh commandment this is one point that the devil gets many people as spiritual as david was he fell for it as wise as solomon was he fell for it these are two men with different strengths as for david his heart was a converted heart same with solomon but not only was solomon's heart converted this was a man full with wisdom but he fell for it and then samson as physically strong well physical strength is not a protection against adultery and samson also fell for it it is something that many of us fall for but the lord will help us today looking at the story of joseph to learn how to overcome this matter so when tempted with sexual relationships what are we to do how do we ensure that we don't fail or fall into it joseph did something he taught and reasoned about the consequences of his action with respect to his standing with both his master and with God. You have to have a heart of faithfulness and fidelity and loyalty to God. If not, it will mean nothing to you. You will fall into the sin and not even look back. But Joseph could reason concerning the consequences of his actions. He thought about the loss of his reputation before God. Because after reasoning, he said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It is important and good to think of our reputation even before the sight of men. But that is not going to be a strong protection. It is how God sees us that matters. He thought of the consequences like loss of reputation, the addiction that this can lead him to because after you do it once, you are certainly going to do it again and again and again. The woman is not going to tell you just today. You are going to make a habit out of it. Sexual sin is a terrible uh, habit builder. It can lead to sex addiction. And do you, it's better you don't even start it at all. In its various forms, not just sexual intercourse, pornography, masturbation, visiting dating sites. I mean, people are doing all kinds of things today, snapping themselves naked and sending to other people, comparing their private parts and all kinds of things. And sex chats and all of that it's it's rife today people are addicted to these things now they feel like they cannot do without it sex addiction is something that we need to deal with and joseph knew that starting it will not end there it will continue and we also need to reason it you see sometimes even if you have entered into this scene before god gives us signal victories he sometimes you realize that oh the lord has saved me but then we start the chain of the habit again and get into the chain and addicted to the habit again. It's better you don't start. And when I say start, I'm not referring to people who are virgins, who have never done it. I mean, even if you have done it, even if you have fallen into the sin of adultery before. But right now, are you committing adultery perhaps as you're listening to me? You may not be doing that. And if the Lord has given you the victory, then don't start it again. Continue from where you are presently 
and don't go back to it. For every time you go back, it's like the beginning again. And then the habits start to build over and over again. So when you think of the fact that if I start this thing now, it's going to continue again and again and again. Because that's how addictions are. Sometimes you get the freedom. And you can continue in that freedom if you want. But the moment you open Pandora's box again, oh my, you are in chains. And it's a bit difficult for you to come out again. You will not be in control of yourself. And that is why it's better you don't start at all. Joseph knew that. And he thought about it. I won't do this. And then he also thought of the loss of his dignity and then the loss of eternal life. Also, the diseases. Do you know that sex brings about diseases? Of course it does. It brings about lots of them. It can lead to even death. The lessons we learn from here in the way Joseph dealt with this matter. The first thing we have to think about, thou God seeth me. That is, God sees us. He sees me in everything I do. And secondly, appreciation for God. It is not nice, like I'll always say in prayer, the Lord is so good to us. To sin against a God that is so good is a lack of appreciation. In appreciation to his master and appreciation to God, Joseph could say, how can I do this thing? God has been so good to me. Potiphar has been good to me. He has placed me as the highest servant here. There's nothing he's withholding from me except this one thing. Oh, had Eve said that, we will not be where we are today. The Lord withheld nothing from Eve but one thing, that fruit in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was the only thing withheld from her. But she could not say, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? But Joseph could say, this man was a man of character, moral courage and firmness. Joseph said, this is as it were for him and many other things concerning the commandments of God. All things commanding, concerning the commandments of God was the tree of knowledge of good and evil to Joseph and he would not participate in any of those things. And he was appreciating God and saying, see what the Lord has done for me. See what Potiphar has done for me. And we need to reason like that too, in appreciation for God and say, the Lord has spared my life. He has delivered me from the diseases that I even got from this particular issue. And he has even delivered me from habits concerning this matter. And not only that, perhaps you have never even engaged in it before. The Lord has been good to me. He has protected me. He has blessed me. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God. Now I do understand that when one is addicted, it is not as easy to say these things. Yeah, it, this is not how people who are addicted reason and it's more self-help and also communal community help that will be needed to help someone in such a situation. You, need, you, can, you may not be able to do it on your own and just these thoughts may not even help you and there are more steps that you need to take than this. But then even this step can add, even if it's just a block to helping you, in your road to freedom from this sin that concerns any addiction at all or even the seventh commandment appreciation for god secondly or firstly like i said earlier it is having this thought that you are not in any secret you are within the presence of god and holy angels god is watching for every time we are in this temptation the angels of god in anxiety are looking and trying to see what would Joseph do? We read in Conflict and Courage, page 75, paragraph 3. It says, On the one hand were concealment, favor, and rewards. On the other, disgrace, imprisonment, perhaps death. His whole future life depended upon the decision of the moment. Would principle triumph? Would Joseph still be true to God? With inexpressible anxiety, angels looked upon the scene. And we should imagine this in our minds, that when this temptation comes to us, with inexpressible anxiety, God and the angels are looking at us, asking what will he do? Would principle triumph? Would he make the decision to praise God and glorify him? Or would he fail and forget the goodness of God? Will he forget that we are here viewing what he's doing or she's doing? Will he or she forget that his actions are open before him with whom we have to do and are faithfully chronicled with terrible exactness in the book of records in heaven and he is going to meet these records she is going to meet these records again and they will be used to judge him these are thoughts that should come in our minds at all times and we should understand 
Job 28:28 The fear of the Lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil that is understanding. These are passages that should come to our mind at such times if we must get the victory. So those are two points, remember? Thou God seest me. I am before the presence of God. There's nothing secret. There's nothing hidden from God. And secondly, we must appreciate God so that we, thinking of these things, can make the right choice. Then another thing we should think about if we are tempted to commit adultery, another thing we should think about is to ask ourselves the question, what will be the end of this decision? Where is it going to lead me to? I'll tell you where it will lead us to. In the book of Proverbs 5, a man who is experienced, perhaps the most experienced man in this matter, the man who was a king, Solomon, he wrote concerning it to tell us what the end will be. And it will be good for us to not think that we are wiser than him. And when he speaks, let us listen as he inspired under the inspiration of God wrote these words in Proverbs chapter 5, saying to us, My son, and we can say my daughter, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman, just say the lips of an adulterer or a seductive person, a man, it could also be a man, drops as an honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end, his end, is bitter as warm wood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her. Far, that is the counsel. This is how to overcome. And the end has already been told us. The end is death. The steps take hold on hell. That is where you are going to end up. So what should we do about it? Remove thy way far, not close. When you read the book of Proverbs 7, this experienced man under his own, uh, the inspiration of God, he also wrote, based on his experience also, he wrote in Proverbs 7, talking about a young man who did not remove himself far from her house. In the black and dark night, in Proverbs 7, reading from a 7 downward, in the black and dark night, he saw this woman, this young boy through the casement of his window. He walked in the street close to the woman's house, in the black and dark night, in the twilight, and he came towards the door of her house, and the woman caught him and kissed him and then lured him. And he said that he was led as a, as a stock going to the slaughter, and he was destroyed, and it was the woman. And the Bible says with her more f- much fair speech, she forced him. Do not think that the seductress cannot force you. The Bible says with her much fair speech, she forced him. And she caused him to yield. This is why we should remove our way far. Because when you go close, you can actually be lured. You can be forced, like the Bible says. The, you can be caused to yield. And that is why there are numerous counsels telling us to avoid the appearance of evil. Do not consider yourself strong that you are bringing yourself close to the temptation. If it was that we cannot be lured by sin or like the Bible says, forced into it, caused to yield, then everybody can go anywhere they like. But because the Lord knows it is better not to be tempted at all than to be tempted and start to resist it. It is better not to call for prayer, Lord, deliver me place yourselves in areas where you will not have to say that than to come to those positions and then you start to pray the counsel to us is given proverbs 5 verse 8 remove thy way far from her and come not nigh the door of her house lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel so how do we apply this in various areas in life when you see someone who is calling you perhaps on the phone and you can tell very well this person has no good he's not up to any good remove your way far from the person don't answer the calls you are luring yourself you know very well you are playing around you are flirting you're going to get yourself into trouble you don't know the end of it go away far from him or her that person that you can see clearly has no good intentions and then there's a friend too who is always doing such things and telling you the stories of how he has this girlfriend and doing that. Remove thy way far from him too or remove thy way far from her. And then there's the person in the office too who is doing the same thing. Remove your way far from her and from him. 
and then you find out in the office in the school and there's the that 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 lecturer who is telling you, you, or you for you to get your grades so you must sleep with me lie with me remove that way far from him rather lose your grades than fall for it what shall it profit you to gain that grade and lose your soul what shall it profit you joseph was where you are he, the consequences of his own case was worse than yours what is it going to cost you just to lose some grades joseph was faced with imprisonment and death and loss of reputation you are faced with only a loss of grades nobody's going to take you to prison nobody's going to threaten to kill you nobody's going to say oh you lose your reputation and set you up Joseph had greater consequences and he chose the right thing to do. You should properly consider that those grades are not worth your moral excellence. They are not worth your character. The character is worth more, far more than the grades. Then make the right choice. Remove thy way far from her. Proverbs 5, continuing now from verse 9. Lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy ears unto the cruel lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors be in the house of a stranger and thou mourn at last so this is the end of it this is where it's going to end up we should consider and thou mourn at last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed you may get diseases from it and say how have i hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me i was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly and then for those who are married the lord is telling you or even the single people wait till you are married drink waters out of thine own system and running waters and running waters out of thine own well let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the street let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy of thy youth let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breasts satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished with her love. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? That's a question for us to really think about. Why? Why will we, why will we be ravished with the breasts of a strange woman? where every Tom, Dick and Harry is going in and others have gone in and come out and then you are also going and a strange man I would say also and why will a woman make herself a conduit for all kinds of people to come in we are to preserve ourselves is what the word of God is saying and do our best to ensure that we keep ourselves clean here it says to us drink waters out of thine own system don't look down on your wife don't look down on your husband and for single people wait till you get married and don't think that oh i must have it now wait drink waters out of thine own system let it be your own alone if it is not your own alone people are saying oh today multiple sexual partners causes diseases that's what the bible is telling you because that's what's going to happen we were told just now in proverbs 5 reading from verse 11 it says and thou mourn at last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed the end of adultery many people today hiv sexually transmitted diseases gonorrhea staphylococcus syphilis and all kinds of diseases that has to do with the stds they destroy many today and that's why the bible says drink waters out of thy own system let them be thine own only and not strangers with thee when you have multiple sexual partners like it says if they are strangers with thee the end of it is death proverbs 5 reading from verse 21 now says for the ways of a man are before the eyes of the lord you see that counsel is here too think that god is watching you when you are doing what you are doing and he pondered all his goings god is seeing everything we are doing and then we are giving these solemn words his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself and he shall be holding with the cords of his sins in other words you are going to be in an addiction that sin that you committed will hold you and you continue to go back again and again and again and you get addicted to sex and all other things that have to do with it which is whether it's pornography masturbation all of it you are going to be held with it your own iniquity will hold you so don't even start it in the first place if the lord gives you the victory cherish your victory and don't run away from it hold strongly to it verse 23 says he shall die without instruction and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray 
So we have seen three things, three thoughts that can help us in this matter. Firstly, always think that the Lord is seeing you. And we saw that here also in Proverbs 5 verse 20, 21. The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord in the context of adultery. The ways of man are before God's eyes. God is seeing us in this context of adultery. And also, we need to appreciate God and thank Him for His goodness. And you cannot thank God by sinning against Him. How then shall I do this great wickedness and sin against God should be the voice and language of our soul. And thirdly, think of the consequences. It is disease, death, loss of reputation, loss of your dignity. It is slavery to sin, addiction that you'll find it hard to come out of. Think of that the next time you are tempted to go back to that behavior that you are addicted to or that you've never even done before. Think of it that you are starting another cycle, you are opening Pandora's box and it's going to be difficult to close it, almost impossible. Only God can help you close it, so don't even start it at all. May the Lord help us. May the Lord give us the grace. Another thing we can do, prayer. Whereas if we know all these things, it is important to go on your knees and pray, Lord, deliver me. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 25 tells us something and also verse 26. I applied my heart to know, this is still Solomon again, the most experienced in this matter, and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. And I find more bitter than death. Hmm, more bitter than death. What is it that is more bitter than death? Hear what Solomon has to say. And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands. Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Wow. More bitter than death. Is that woman or that man, that man whose heart is snares and nets, they are luring you into sin. They are luring you little by little by the gifts they give to you, by the phone calls appearing so nice and gentle and kind. But the end of it, they want to have sex. They want to lure you into sin. And Solomon says this is more bitter than death. And those who love the Lord, the Lord will deliver you. So we need to pray, Lord, please deliver me. You have said that those who you love, you will deliver them. But the sinners, it says, shall be taken by her. And we need to pray. David, Solomon, and Samson did not escape from her. The wise man said he found it bitter, more bitter than death. But to us, does it look more bitter than death to you? Or is it sweet? It was still Solomon who said that the woman who is an adulterer will say, Stolen waters are sweet. And the bread of iniquity is better. How is it to you? Is it sweet to you? Solomon said it's bitter. We need to change our perception and understand why it is bitter. The end of it is never good. Is it the deception? Is it the, just the addiction? Forget about the disease. Forget about the, the loss of dignity. The slavery alone is enough to make you see that this thing is bitter. And consider that it is bitter and pray to the Lord to deliver you. Because God said that, we read here that whoso pleased God shall escape from her. So let us pray for the Lord to deliver us. Another thing is that we need to have the right perception like I'm just saying here. If you think that it is sweet, then you will keep on going into it. We are not to say like that woman, stolen waters are sweet. Rather, we are to consider it for what it really is. Have the right perception. People will tell you, oh, I'm lonely, that's why I'm doing it. Or be, it's to show that you're a man, you need to be having a girlfriend. Or if you are really a beautiful lady. I heard someone say one time that if there's any lady who is walking around and there's no man that's coming after you, then you are possessed. What kind of perception is that? That if you are a lady and nobody has asked you out frequently, you are not having men coming after you, then something must be wrong with you. And it's a sign that you, you may even be possessed. It is such perceptions that make people to fall into this sin. So you need to have the right perception. You must understand what that the Bible says you are complete in him. You are complete in Christ and you don't need the approval of anyone. Are people coming to tell you, oh, you look beautiful, you're handsome, you're cute? Tell them, I know already. You don't need to tell me, I know, I thank you. Don't let those things flatter you. Don't let those things move you and make you endeared to another person just because the person said flattering words to you or said things to you that 
make you feel different oh he makes me feel good about myself she makes me feel better nobody appreciates me like him nobody loves me like him and because of that you give your body over to the person you have a wrong perception and that's the reason why you are falling the right perception is this you are complete in christ you don't need anyone to acknowledge you so that you can feel good about yourself have the right self-esteem jesus died on the cross for you that is your price you are expensive not because there's anything in you that's expensive but christ has made you expensive don't give yourself over so cheap don't give yourself over so cheaply the lord has bought you with a price that can never be quantified in anything in this with anything in this universe the blood of jesus therefore consider that you are worth more than that and don't bring yourself so low and so cheap the bible says to us flee fornication but why did joseph flee as we read in conflict and courage page 75 paragraph 3 joseph knew well what would be the consequence of resistance on the one hand were concealment favor and rewards on the other hand disgrace imprisonment perhaps death his whole future life depended upon the decision of the moment would principle triumph would joseph still be true to god with inexpressible anxiety angels looked upon the scene end of quote joseph knew all this he knew the consequences that he may die because of this matter but yet he fled this is because he understood that to sin would have far greater consequences than to be framed up and set up he was not afraid of he who can kill the body but yet cannot kill the soul He feared more he who can kill the soul than he who can kill the body. So he ran away, knowing very well that he may die, that he will be imprisoned. And yet he ran, because he was not afraid of he that can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. You see, Satan gets us on our weak points. Whatever we prize above God will be used as a bait for us. Money, reputation, pleasure is they are all things that satan will use to induce us to sin but we must keep ourselves strong like we read yesterday satan will come to say to us as we saw in desire of ages page 130 paragraph 2 whatever may be true he says let me start first of all he says christ beats us seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness but satan walks by our side and says whatever may be true in regard to eternal life in order to make a success in this world you must serve me. I hold your welfare in my hands. I can give you riches, pleasures, honor, and happiness. Hearken to my counsel. Do not allow yourselves to be carried away with whimsical notions of honesty and self-sacrifice. I will prepare the way before you. Thus, multitudes are deceived. They consent to live for the service of self, and Satan is satisfied. While he allures them with the hope of worldly dominion by lying with her, he gains dominion over the soul but he offers that which is not to he, is not his to bestow and which is soon to be wrested from him in return he beguiles them of their title to the inheritance of the sons of god end of quote and that's what satan is doing with many of us alluring us to the pleasure and then taking away from us our eternal life he beguiles us from our immortal inheritance and then gives us fleeting pleasures pleasures that will perish with the using pleasures are even here will regret it and then he takes from us eternal life we must properly reason at all times during temptation and allow our minds to be clear we must go quickly into prayer every time we're in temptation so that we can remember things like this psalm 75 verse 6 and 7 says promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south but god is a judge he put it one down and set it up another joseph would have taught his promotion not going to come from this thing if i sleep with this lady perhaps even the thought that oh maybe we can even deceive potiphar to the point that people do today killing their own husbands so that they can have another man they have re- out relationships somewhere out there so that they, they and their boyfriend can have the insurance money they set up their husband kill the husband or even kill the wife so that the money will come to them and their boyfriend and they enjoy their life these thoughts and suggestions may be uh, Potiphar's wife would have brought to Joseph or Satan would have suggested it to him but Joseph didn't give in why he didn't believe that promotion comes from sin promotion comes from the Lord it is not by lying by cheating by adultery that you get a job and get promoted wait on the Lord promotion doesn't come from the north or from the east or from the west but God sets up those whom he will set up and removes those he will remove promotion comes from the Lord and not from disobeying God's commandments 
All this while, Joseph had enjoyed success and prosperity while not compromising in the least. He knew success and promotion came from God and not from disobedience to God. Once again, he maintained his integrity as he did when performing his master's duty. Let us not think that we are saving our lives by disobedience. If we must fulfill the will of God for our lives, we must keep in the path of obedience and fidelity. Deviating from this will take our lives to another trajectory different from the path God planned for us. Had Joseph chosen to sleep with Potiphar's wife, what would have been his end? He would have gone in another direction altogether different from the one God wanted him to go. Every checker of Joseph's life, his life was checkered from one stage to another, from his father's house to Potiphar's house, from Potiphar's house, went to the head of it, and from there to prison, and from prison to Pharaoh's courts as the prime minister. All these stages were necessary, but he to make a wrong decision, he would have missed the next step in his life and would never fulfill his destiny. And we also should understand that it is in keeping God's commandments that the will of God is fulfilled for our lives. Had he chosen to disobey, he would not have been where he was supposed to be. And where is that? Prison. That's where he was supposed to be. That was God's plan for him. And we, when we disobey, we stop God's plan for our lives. And where we are supposed to be, we are not there. Let us learn to obey. And let us learn these steps. And I pray that the Lord will help us. And he will give us the grace. Whatever your life has been in the past doesn't matter. What matters is today. The Lord will forgive if you have sinned against him. Even if it was this morning. Even if it was before you started listening to this podcast. If you ask the Lord for forgiveness, he will forgive you. What we need to do now is take control of now. Take control of today. Of this moment. And ask the Lord that these steps we have followed and even much more maybe I have not mentioned. Will be a guide to us and help us that we fall not into sin. May the Lord give us the grace. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, we ask now, before even listening to this podcast, we may have sinned against you in this matter of adultery, but that we have given ourselves as people to be used so that we can get grades or to get a promotion in our jobs or to get a job in the first place or just for pleasure. We have sinned against you in these matters, whether it is in the whoremongering of going to pornography and then joining that with the terrible act of masturbation Forgive us, Lord, for these sins. Please, for all who are listening who may be engaged in this, Lord, please, we ask, as your word has said, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, and you have also said that if we sin, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive. Leaning on these promises, Lord, we pray, please, have mercy and forgive us. Now, dear Lord, what's even as important as forgiveness is the power to keep us from going into it again. Please, Lord, strengthen us. Help us, Lord, not to put our places, ourselves in places where we are tempted. And we are, were we to be placed there, are we to be placed there of our, not of our own accord? Please guide us and protect us and train us to have that moral courage to get the victory over this sin. In Jesus' name, I've prayed. Amen. Amen.